Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 49. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash callthatgirl. I usually folks, I start the show by uh, thanking our friends over at App River, but this show we happen to have my sales rep, Steve Harris, the famous Steve Harris that I always ask people to contact. And Steve is going to spend some time with us today uh, telling us about App River, the sales and service, and then, you know, I'll fill in with my little stories because I always have them, don't I, Steve? You do. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows me there, I think, at this point. <laughs> so once you start, Steve, by just telling us a little bit about App River and your job there, so we all know. Sure. Lisa, first I want to say that I'm thrilled to be here. I'm honored. I feel a bit like a celebrity. <laughs> happy to represent App River. We've had a, a great partnership together, and yeah. I'll be happy to, to talk a bit about App River to fill everybody in. I'll hit some highlights real quick. We've been around since 2002. Personally, I've been here since 2009. My job role is Channel Sales Advisor, which basically means that I work with our partners to develop healthy relationships. I also do some sales on the side and work with some of our strategic accounts. Mm-hmm. Here at App River, we're now over 240 employees. I, I think it's closer to about 275. It wow. seems like it's changing every day. More new people here and there, parking issues in the parking lot, you know, those kind of things you have when you're growing. Yeah, I, I'm starting to get where I start calling tech support and I'm getting new people. <laughs> and I actually have to say, you don't know who I am probably. <laughs> it's, <new>. it's, <laughs> it's fun to see them grow though. There's been, I've seen so many new employees and then there becomes a certain point in time when you realize, wow, they've really matured and, and it takes experience. And in fact, a lot of times they mature more quickly when they get to talk to an experienced partner like you mm-hmm. are actually part of their maturation process. So it's a real, it's a real partnership with that river. We, we really value our partners like you, and that translates over to our customers and, and to our other partners. Oh, yeah. One of the great things is we're privately held and funded, and have been profitable since just about day one. Nice. It gives us a lot of luxuries in the industry to, to do things the right way, the way that we feel they should be done, adhere to our core values, and that personal relationship really translates down from the top all the way down to the new employees. We feel yeah. like we're a growing family and adding more plates to feed, and that's kind of the way we try and look at it. Yeah, I can tell actually since I've started using you folks, so it's been all over three years, you know, that uh, things have been changing, and like I'm seeing more things being added to the plate in, in terms of support, like uh, I, sales. <laughs> absolutely. We, we cross-train our employees very intensely. And also, in the past, we had more segregation within support, and we decided that it would be better not to do that, to let support support the products and build in escalation and leads 
and knowledge bases and subject matter experts so it's a little bit easier for them to take and field those calls. It reduces turnaround time and helps mm -hmm. with troubleshooting because they less handoff. We can kind of let that one person really start working with you and then bring the escalation in kind of sideways. So it works out well to do it that way. Yeah, and I can tell, you know, when I first started there, I believe there was a time when I had a really tough job and I had to work with one of the third level engineers and that's just unheard of with other companies in my opinion to actually have the relationship and as long as it's not abusive it's good to know those people you know I mean I didn't call that person every time I had a problem they were specifically for that one issue and True. I like that some of those people started in support and worked their way through other mm -hmm. jobs AppRiver encourages that and so they're used to that. Sometimes you, you think about talking to an engineer down in a dark server uh, data center or something yeah. and they're just not used to that interaction. Well, our engineers are and they support us. They have conversations with us and again, part of that cross-training, they know that there will come times when you need to have that and it is mm -hmm. a very invaluable thing you know, to a partner and yeah. client. They were reactive, and the thing I liked is that they knew you were in a tough bind, and they had to work with you, and they were very responsive. And the, and like with some companies you work with, you put in a ticket, and you don't know when you're ever going to hear from them. I mean, that just doesn't happen with you folks. It is Johnny on the gun, got to get that fixed. And if they can't, they tell you, we need to work on this. So there's a very they, – they manage the expectations really well. True. And one, our focus is on not just email – but phenomenal yeah. care. We think of ourselves as a phenomenal care company and one of our core values is deliver phenomenal care in a personal way and mm -hmm. that comes across in those kind of scenarios. We, we look forward to them. You know, we hope people don't have problems but when they do, that's the time to rise up and, and demonstrate the commitment that we have to that phenomenal care. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention that I kind of enjoy is that I, I can tend to be a little emotional and you know, it's for a reason, but the the most people at App River, I would have to say, are are non-emotional. <laughs> I've never been yelled at or hung up on, or you know, it's like you guys train the people to just be, you know, let's just get it done. And and I've never had a, a customer ever say anything negative about the techs. That to me is huge. And you know where that comes from is it comes from the fact that. AppRiver lets us be who we are. We're not mm -hmm. broken down into these people that are not happy to be here. Because we have those freedoms, it's so easy to really embrace that situation where you're bringing that emotion and passion to that relationship, to that client, and we're like that trusted friend that you mm -hmm. can just spill to, and then we kind of get you back on track, and you hang up smiling and feeling like, man, that just made me feel so much better. We don't want you to dread calling us and you know, be like, I'm full of emotion. I don't need App River's emotion. So it, it really mm -hmm. comes from that, again, that, that the core values that we promote around here. Yeah, well, I have to agree. My clients uh, have always enjoyed working with you folks, and part of the thing I tell my people is, I have a vendor for a reason because I'm not available 24-7. Now, I think everybody that's been listening to my show knows that I do the uh, partner plan. I'm not a reseller. And we'll have you talk about the reseller plan because I think a lot of people want to know about that. But to me, sure. it's just awesome to say, 
like in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, a client has a problem with their outlook, and I'm like, that's an App River issue. I already know now with working with you guys what is and what would not be on your plate. And those techs do their repairs with the, what's covered under your service plan with them. Otherwise, they I get stuff sent back to me, and I don't have a problem with it because we know. And the techs, I have to also um, add in that they are getting really good with this Outlook 2016. That's just a bonus because that is becoming really difficult to work with. So kudos to those guys over there. Uh, we, Steve, why don't we go ahead? No, we definitely are putting a lot of hard work into that. I think in the past, some of our existing uh, partners can attest to the fact that we really took our time in getting to those new platforms, but now we're very aggressive. Our engineers are doing a phenomenal job. That information is coming down quickly to us, and that does help us to be able to support you very quickly on even even some of the new products. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I know that the SharePoint's making its its, uh, its way back, so we'll talk about that too if you want. <laughs> My favorite topic, SharePoint. Well, Steve, why don't you take a couple minutes and tell us about your core products that you guys sell, uh, what are the most popular ones, and some that maybe people don't know that aren't so popular but we should know about. Sure. Um, I'll talk first about our Office 365 just because of what an exceptional job you've done with that. And I wanted to tell you, I don't know if you know this or not, but you have 115 active customers. Wow. <laughs> so if there are other partners out there, you know, listening, you know, you've taken your business model and you just lined it up. That was your nice job. That, that's really, yeah. if you want to define what I do, that's my job is to line that up and then help you go do what you're best at. So you yeah. can focus on your what you're best at. And you've just carved out a, a tremendous amount of business and done an exceptional job at it. Oh, I'm grateful for that. Well, that's so, 115, and then let's just say how many hundreds of mailboxes. Because sure, that's, that's underneath that. It's, it's yeah. a hundreds. I know that. I couldn't, I couldn't see the total number of seats fast enough, so all I had was the number of clients. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Last time I checked, I was at 75, so that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but I'll just tell everybody who's listening is that once you put Office 365 into your services and start, what I do is I initially start off by uh, taking a trouble call and going, oh, you need to exchange. Then I move that to an exchange sale, and then that becomes an AppRiver commission, and that becomes a prepaid ticket after the exchange. So the one small job extends into a longer relationship with the client. So bringing on the Office 365, even just the exchange portion alone, has been super valuable to me since I worked with you guys. Way better than before. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah same, same for us. And one of the first things to know about Office 365 is, is what it includes. I, I like to say to people when they ask me what's Office 365, and I ask them, well, what, what, what underneath that are you interested in? It's like telling me you want a Chevy. I got to figure out, do you want a Cruise or a Malibu or a Tahoe? You know, I, I have to dissect the actual needs. So the first thing I educate our partners on is making sure they're aware of the license types or the different yeah. categories of services that come underneath that. Email is an important part of that. Microsoft Exchange Online, then there's SharePoint, then there's OneDrive, and then the actual software. So Microsoft yeah. is obviously doing software as a subscription. So you can bundle that. You can do an a la carte version of that. So there's all that licensing that's mm -hmm. at your fingertips. And you can mix and match, too. 
Yeah, the licensing with with what you guys do versus going directly through Microsoft is sometimes the big snake. It's really difficult for to figure on their end, not yours. And that's the stuff where I keep saying, let's just go to what we know. Let's go to App River. <laughs> right. Yeah, Microsoft does change things quickly, so just keeping up with that alone is important. That's why I like having you because you guys keep up with that stuff. So I don't find to me. Because I take all these break-fix calls that come in, and I get people that have just really confused situations. That's why I'm like, let's just get you on something that's somewhat managed. You know, it's not managed services per se, but it's managed by another company. You can call and talk to them. And, and my, my clients, you know, have worked with you on the first end, and they work with the techs, and that's it. Exactly. You, yeah, you do a lot of the front end. So the Office 365, um, I know that's one of the products that – I definitely work with the most is the exchange, but the second one is um, SecureTide. I use that. Sure. SecureTide is our bread and butter. We started really? as a spam filtering company. That's exactly what we did first and how we became profitable. We oh. had a spam filter and we started selling it. And it still is at, at our core. It's wrapped around our mailbox, but it can also be put in front of Microsoft 365 Exchange Online. Our spam filter, uh, some of the highlights are a daily report so that users can have that daily digest. We have a phenomenal capture rate. We do everything in zero hour. So our analyst team, we have some analysts that write around the clock and they write thousands of rules per day wow. and have written over 8 million rules, filter content rules. And we do it that exact method. We obviously can capture signature patterns and, and vi uh, virus signature patterns, but we know the the tricks that the spammers use and have written eight million content rules to help protect mailboxes that are that are um, underneath the secure tide behind secure tide. Yeah, you know, I found one day in my um, secure tide uh, email the next morning, like six emails that should not have been there. I called App River. The tech was like, oh, yeah, we found a problem in your signature. <laughs> I was like, what? That was awesome. I mean, it fixed that problem, but I didn't have to deal with anything. That's the I just called and got it done. And, yeah. and it was something that they had to switch and something, and it was over. Again, our support loves to go that extra mile and not just answer a question, but take a look. When we, That's why it's so important. When people call, they want to ask a question, but a lot mm -hmm. of times we want to – get their name, have that personal conversation, get their domain, look at their account. And and that way we can see if there's other things you know, on that call that we need to contribute to, to their health as a client or a partner. And I love hearing those stories because you know, it makes you want to call back. It, it makes you want to appreciate the service that much more. Well, the one thing I love, and this is what I tell people in my um, little pitch for you guys, is that you call the techs, they don't sit there and sell you stuff. I have never, well, maybe because I'm me, but I don't get the upsells on everything. That's what your job is. And I tell people, they have a salesperson, and then they have the techs. And the techs don't sit there and try to go, oh, how high can I get my commission today? They don't do that. Right. It, well, they it, might, yeah. but they don't take advantage of it. It goes back to our training, too. We, we're taught in our departments to... If you recognize, even from a salesperson, you recognize that you need to get them over to support, you've helped them with one thing, but now the conversation turns, you know, you, we want to be helpful, but we have to draw the line. So we're like, let me loop yeah. somebody in that can help you. And support does the same thing. Mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not there 
to try and pressure you and sell you and upsell you. But they, they, they do notify sales sometimes and say, hey, there was a need expressed. And then we can go and say, hey, we've been taking care of your filtering. You mentioned something about encryption. We want to at least tell you what we have. And they appreciate that. Oftentimes the customer does appreciate that, that the support person didn't try and hit them right then and there, that we, we took a more tactful approach to it. Yeah. Well, it makes sense if, if they're looking for something. I just hate calling some companies, and all they do is just slam products down your throat, and you're like, okay, I got it. I got it. I don't need it. It well, speaking of, all the time. Speaking of the encryption, there's a couple things here that I'm going to be doing this week with my clients, Steve, is um, I'm going to be doing, which that 115 list will be very valuable to me. Um, I want to send out a mass email to all my exchange clients, because there's two things that I want them to know about. One is the new um, password never to expire option. Mm -hmm. And that gives me a chance to talk to all of my exchange clients because I will gladly go in there and do that for them because then I get to test my login for their admin control. Because what happens is I will find that uh, they'll want something done and I won't have access because I haven't logged in in like a year or more, right? Right. So that'll do for free, no problem. Secondly is there's a new feature called Clutter, and I don't want to excite everybody, but apparently the text at AppRiver said, just let us know and we'll turn it off on the domain level. And I'm like, sweet! Because <laughs> I don't want to get you know everybody excited, but that is super huge. Everybody hates Clutter. Right. So that's like the two things that I'm willing to work with my clients, and because I'm putting my you know my face out there again and saying, hey, it's been a while since we talked. Are you interested in Securitide? And then you guys also have a product uh, for encryption and archiving, and you just talked about encryption, so that's why I was going there. I love it. Great segue. And what? Let yeah. me tell you, the interesting thing about our encryption product is it has been our fastest growing product. For a couple years now, it, we saw a spike about it, it's grown about 600% basically over the last two wow. years. And encryption, the reason, one of the reasons is it can be leveraged on any client. It doesn't matter if they have 365 with you yet, it doesn't matter if they have Securitide, it could be the only thing that they call us about. So it's yeah. super versatile, it's easy to install, it mainly works as a plug in in Outlook. But okay. because most of your customers are on 365, it also has a plugin that's compatible with OWA and does some oh, really neat things. One thing I like to say, it, it handles encryption. So obviously it checks that box. It helps to give you a way to deliver personal content, passwords, credit card numbers, whatever it is that needs to be protected in a way that meets industry standards that are you know, just about all of them. Mm -hmm. I could name a few, but I, just about all of them. And and it does it in a way that that is easy to use for the recipient. And yeah. it also gives you tracking ability. Then I could tell whether you've seen that secure email or you're maybe struggling with the process. And I can call you or send oh. you a normal email. So and instead of "Did you get my email?" you can say, "I know, I know you didn't." Yeah, I know whether it's hadn't hit your server. I know wh whether you've clicked, you know, what you've done and actionable items you've taken on that message, I can tell. Another thing, and this is really what's going to blow your mind, is it gives me an undo button. How many times have you hit send and you put the wrong attachment or you sent to the wrong person? Well, if you were using encrypted email, 
if you had sent secure, if you chose to send that email secure, I, I can recall that message before you even see the mistake, which is important because if you're encrypting something, you're probably putting someone's personal information out there. Yeah. So the fact that you can hit recall, pull that back, they never even saw that, and then you can resend it once you got the right information together or send to the right person. Wow. You know, the, that I don't even know. I haven't even had a call in I don't know how many years about people doing that uh, recall this message option in Outlook. I don't even know if they have it anymore. Honestly. Well, it, <laughs> it's it, it's kind of like telling someone, hey, don't repeat that. You know, like that. I'm not, you yeah. know, I'm not sure, you know, what, what really goes on or, you know, I'm not as familiar with that particular feature, but I can tell no, you this is, this is obviously much, much, you know, further beyond that. Yeah, that's well. You know what? The thing is, I've been getting a lot of new law firm clients, and yep. that's why I want to send out this email, Steve, is to be like, here's, you know, maybe I missed this because I don't sell a lot of that. A lot of my clients, though, just to be fair, they're calling me because they have an Outlook panic, mm -hmm. and once the Outlook panic's over, I get them to Exchange or maybe later. Then they're, you know, they're they don't have huge budgets, so they just want to get what they need. Well, now sure. I'm willing to say, let's go do some other types of sales now that you're comfortable and you got a new budget and it's been a year and, you know, that's how I'm looking at having to continue on with some sales and giving myself some more work is upsells. You know, a lot of times that budget translates over to the trust level too because once you oh, build yeah. that trust, that budget gets bigger all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, like, oh, like no. oh, wait, yeah, wait, I wanted to get this from you and this from you because, you know, you cracked that, the tip of that iceberg and it's funny how quickly the, the budget will change. Well, they already know I know their outlook too and that's a beautiful part because if I have to install these products like that uh, encryption thing, I don't know, whatever, I've never even used that. But that's an option. Let's talk about the the last one. I think I mentioned was archiving. Because you know what, Steve, I got to be fair. I am not a fan of Outlook Archive. Here's why. Because everybody that sets up archiving doesn't know how to run it. Mm. So it's horrible on the side. So I just tell people, let me help you learn how to do it by hand. But I know that you guys sell archiving, so it uh, is done for the what is it? Finna, financial. Fin right, Finra, Finra. Finra. SEC, exactly. Yeah, so those folks, people in financials and people that, you know, you can maybe explain more. I don't even know. Yeah, I like to start with this because in our industry, a lot of times we have very specific terminology, terminology that might mean something to somebody else, but to us means something very specific. So I want to I separate archiving into two concepts. Okay. You kind of touched on the first one and the second one. But anyway, the first one is compliance archiving and that is re a unmutable undeletable record of all email across a domain for a certain <laughs> period of time okay so that's compliance that's saying all right the, the lawyer says hey I have you know a a guideline by my bar association that says I have to at any time be able to show all my emails for the last five years mm-hmm well, such a temptation for employees to maybe delete emails that if you don't have an archive service hooked up, it's very difficult to prove that you had those emails or that you're not hiding something. Yep. So I'll get back to that. Um, but let me talk about the other term archiving is used for, and that's 
in the personal archive type of realm where my PST file has gotten too big and my outlook is going slow and I'm reading things online that say archive your email and that's just disconnecting at some of your email yeah. kind of pulling it down into a local file that you can store or hang on to in case you ever need it but once you you know maybe it's email is five years old and you just you only want the most recent five years in your inbox you don't care about the stuff from 2002 so you pull that offline and it, it could help with those kind of issues so that that's very different right that's not compliant because I, throughout the course of those five years, I could have been deleting items and removing items or even lost items on accident. So if I try and take those files and I try and hand them to the court or hand them to the bar association who's auditing me, that's not really going to work. They're going to say, hey, that wasn't an actual ar compliant archive. No. You know what happens? Nine times out of ten, someone who calls me that has archiving set up, they've ended up getting two inboxes with all their folders twice down below. They are moving mail all over and have no idea where it is. It, it's usually just a big mess. And so I get paid to fix those messes. And a lot of times I'll you know put that over on exchange and then they're happy as a clam and I clean all that up. But I just don't like that archiving. So the archiving I want my clients to know about is your archiving because I don't train sure. people on that. And that's why I'm like, you know, I'm starting to get a lot of uh, new clients with law firms and stuff like that, like I said, and I really am like, they'll buy this stuff if they know it's there. But a lot of times when they call me first, they don't want to buy the whole Easter basket. They just want pieces of the candy. So um, I'm going to put all three of those, Steve, in my um, email, and I'll, I'll probably work with you right before I send sure. it to you to make sure. So I want to use the big words, the compliance. Yeah. Compliance <laughs> archiving. A, yeah. <laughs> I so want you, compliance. <laughs> And the other term we use is e-discovery. So that, that kind of helps them to understand that with the compliance archive, you then have e-discovery tools that allow you to discover and search through your emails so you can go through and search for all these emails by keyword or by user or by year. Or you know, There's all kinds of ways you can then go in and do that searching. We partner with Global Relay, who's one of the finest oh, in the industry. Um, so that's what we're that's what we're offering to our customers because they're so good at it. So we offer that service and sell that service um, through that great partnership that we Don't have. Don't they with do them. journaling or archiving? So journaling is what happens on the server to get the email to the archiving. So it's an integral part of the process. So archiving is like the final destination you do the searching in, but journaling is just the vehicle. It's what okay. sends that copy securely and transmitted into the archive. That way, if you delete it off the actual Exchange server, it was journaled before the user saw it or touched it. So okay. if they delete it, it's, our, it's too late. It's in the archive. All sent and received items are in the archive. I got to tell you, I don't think I've got a call on journaling in five years. I know, okay, I take that back. You guys helped me with one client that specifically hired me to work with you guys, it was like this weird band-aided job. All they wanted was journaling, and I got out of it because you guys did it. So I just passed it over. I've never had a client need journaling. Not since, I think I worked more of a journaling in the 2000s. I don't know why. It was like BCM. You know, those two things were, you know, they're not available anymore. <laughs> I don't think. 
Yeah, pe people may have used it for other things in the past. It's now commonly associated with archiving, but you might be right. It it, it yeah. might have been more something that you know was used for another purpose. Now it's just shifted over to you know being used to archive. And we can help with journaling, whether it's going to Global Relay through us or not. Yeah. If a customer just says, "Hey, I I found a, a great vendor that does my archiving," or in a financial industry, a lot of times they have to journal to their broker dealer. So they have to get that to the person that's doing the reviewing. And so we can help with any of that. Any of your customers uh, say, hey, I need help with journaling. Get get with me. Get with our support. We know the drill. We just yeah. will tell you exactly what we need. Hey, here's what we need. And then we can show the admin, hey, here's how you add and remove people from the group. Because sometimes journaling, let's say there's five registered reps and then five admins that don't do the financial trading. Well, a lot of times they're only going to journal for the select people. So journaling yeah. can be versatile, it can be selective, and not have to be for everybody. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't deal with it all that much, but it's it's not something I'm going to put on my list. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but, I don't know enough about it, but I want to get to know these other products. But do you guys get a lot of requests for journaling? We do, and I think I'm just more sensitive to it because I manage that relationship. So yeah. I know everything about journaling and archiving that you could possibly know, and uh, so I'm I'm more than happy to talk to to our partners and clients and people internally about it because it is something that is I think in higher and higher demand. Then you need to have the Steve Harris journaling and archiving show. <laughs> but the shows are your thing, Lisa. I need your help. Exactly. I'm like, you know what? There's been a shift in stuff, and lately I've been like thinking I need to expand what more, you know? And I think what happens is I start to learn a bunch of stuff, and then I'm like, okay, now I know it so well. Now I'm ready to learn more. So maybe. I'm like, I'm like that too. I drag my feet, and then when I get both feet in, though, then there's no stopping me. You know, then I'm just a force to be reckoned with. So. It's one of those things, though, to keep in the back of your mind, to not be afraid of. When you hear yeah. journaling, archiving, all that just sounds like a mess. You know, now you know, hey, I got a partner, I can talk to App River, and we can come back with some options. Yeah, you know, I think if I had some some more time available on my calendar, not doing icing, that would maybe give me some more room in my world. That's that's still a, a nice feed over for me that I cloud over Tap River. You know, Steve, do you remember the first job we had together? I, do. I don't remember the exact client, but if you tell me the client name, I might remember. Well, I'll tell it to you offline. Um, okay. But anyway, there was, uh, I think, 12 people and ended up being 17, and it was uh, a migration from, goodness, I think they had Pop, and they wanted the full Office 365, and they wanted they specifically wanted me to help with SharePoint. And I told this story in my last show about SharePoint, I think, where I said, Look, I will go and learn all I can about SharePoint. And so they were kind of like the first ones I worked with you guys on. I remember that. And uh, I think you probably helped me for more hours than you ever thought you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared to, to, you know, my old, the old uh, hosted exchange I used to work with, I knew I had to move to what's bigger and better. And I think a lot of technicians don't understand it, Steve. They, mm -hmm. a lot of them, from what I'm gathering is that they just know Popeye map and the old hosted exchange. I'm like, oh, but this is so much better. It's like switching from a regular car to a luxury car, you know. And uh, I just remember, though, that we worked so hard together and you had to train me so 
I'm challenging to work with. <laughs> so if you, if Steve can handle me, that's why, you know, and I, I, I get down into it. I like learning, and that's where I'm kind of going back to is I, I have room to learn. So um, maybe it's a little warning for you too, Steve. But a lot of these techs <laughs> out there are jumping in. They don't know a lot about it. Well, you know? we, we like challenges, and it is a two-way street. Those, those first accounts are always a learning experience for both of us. Mm -hmm. We're feeling, feeling things out. We're trying to find out what makes each other tick because everybody's a little bit different. Every partner, every sales rep, every customer experience is all a little bit different, and we, that's why we don't have documentation. That's why we get in there with you and we talk to you and we help you because we don't like making assumptions or handing you a 100-page document when only 11 or 12 of those pages actually matter to you. Um, so well, who reads? Nobody reads. <laughs> they, don't, they want to see yeah. a graphic or be told or shown. Oh, yeah, the attention spans are short. But SharePoint, SharePoint's like that closet or attic. I mean, it's just, it's, it can be endless. You know, it can be a very valuable tool. But if you think people are sensitive or, you know, hard to work with on their email, well, think about what SharePoint extends to, and that is your file server and your C drive and your My Documents, and it's like just a big, scary project to try and take all that, put it in the cloud, figure out what, what SharePoint can do for you. The things I like to say just <laughs> Wait, you just <laughs> sorry. What it can do for you. What it can do for you. <laughs> well, I use SharePoint every day. I rely on it now. Yeah. You know, but I so I don't know it maybe from the back end admin setup side that you need to be proficient at. But the one thing I can say is for version control, it's a game changer. We used to have versions of documents floating around out there, and we'd have to send all these emails around and be like, make yeah. sure you're using this version. Now we just say it's in SharePoint. We just uploaded it, and everybody yeah, well, can go get it right away. You guys, uh, I mean, I worked for um, what's kind of funny is I worked for a company called Harris IT, and we <laughs> did the um, Department of Defense. Uh, we were a subcontractor for the Navy Marine Corps and the FAA. They had some beautiful SharePoint sites. This is SharePoint 2003, you know, back in the day. Just gorgeous setup. I mean, yeah. that's all I'd lived in all day was SharePoint. I didn't even know it was SharePoint because it was so administrated so well and designed beautifully, and it, it, it held thousands of spreadsheets, you know. Right. But it's, it's a rabbit it's, hole. It, it requires it, it requires a, a skill from development yeah. we we don't get into that so we we lead you up to the rabbit hole and then we back off unfortunately we we you have to we have to right exactly and we so we'll show you how it works how to set it up how to configure it how to issue the permissions and just do some basic site collections and make sure everything's syncing and then we'll take support calls on those kind of things but you're absolutely right if somebody has a SharePoint developer they can architect it beautifully, but it takes a little bit of effort to do that. You know what? That first job I had, you know what the biggest problem was? Was that they had Windows XP on almost all the computers, and Windows XP, I had to probably research four or five hours how to figure out how to map SharePoint to Windows <laughs> XP. Once I got that figured out, it was amazing. Like I spent hours Googling and testing and trialing, and finally I got to work. Then... Like I said in my last show, about a year later, it broke. You couldn't uh, map to XP anymore. So all that work was for nothing. And I, I don't know. I'm giving it a second chance because I'm learning that you can map on Windows 10, but it still breaks. Right. 
It, and it is something that has to be maintained, like you said, yeah. absolutely. Whereas email, it's almost set it, forget it. You probably aren't going to have to worry about upgrading your Outlook or software every few years. Um, but SharePoint, it can be something that requires yeah. a little more maintenance. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's it. it's because I'm still helping the small companies. The, the our next subject or our next topic is going to be talking about resellers, and those are the more MSP guys, and they do more SharePoint on their end, I think, anyway. So why don't you tell us next um, the difference between reseller and partner because a lot of my listeners maybe don't know, and I don't tell a lot about it. I just say I'm a partner. So why don't you sure. explain that because the, some of my listeners are resellers and they're not going to be using the same stuff I do you know, for Texport. You know, the we really just have two partner programs. And when I get an inquiry from a, a person who's a partner prospect, it's just all about discovery. I, I want to find out what their business model is. Like you have a very specific business model. So if they say we're a managed service provider, we do everything for our customers, we take their calls, we handle their billing, that's what we're looking for. Well, that does tend to lean towards the reseller relationship, and mm -hmm. we have a program for that. The interesting thing is the only real difference is that they handle the billing and the support. They have all the same tools, all yeah. the same products, they call the same people, they work with the same account reps, so the rest is the same. It's just literally what's the business model. You you want to you know focus on your project on the migration, and then you want the customer to be able to, to experience App Rivers phenomenal care themselves and not have to call you all the time. So a managed service provider is going to have a help desk. Typically, they're going to have employees that specialize in certain yeah. things, and and they're going to take care of usually more than just what they sell from App River. They're usually wrapping in backups and and yeah. you know other help desk hours and you know per user caught fees that are monthly recurring things like that so they're definitely doing you know a lot more but this needs are the same they still need an email provider and a filter and yeah. encryption and those kind of things so so we have resellers and they take care of obviously a little bit more so once they once they've had those support experiences and, and learn from our support <laughs> Then well, they can do more on their own if they can. Well, here's what I'm trying to think about: is a, I don't do MSP, but here's let's just say um, you got a tech at your MSP and you're having a shell issue. You know, you're kind of like Googled out and you can't figure it out. Oh, I have to call Microsoft. I can call App River because exactly. you guys got PowerShell guys. So the value add is those few extra bucks to work with you guys save you eight hours, whatever, with Microsoft, and you guys are like. Oh, we'll take care of it, or we'll train you, or fix you, because you're a partner. Exactly, we do there have. There you go. So we do, we do have that, and and we have guys that are extremely good at, at PowerShell, and and you're right. If it's something that they just say, hey, we need that, we'll say we'll take care of it. Or if yeah. they are interested, those guys are w certainly willing to take their time because with MSP, a lot of times you teach them once and then they can go do it ten more times across mm -hmm. all their customers. So they, they usually are a little more interested in not just us resolving the problem yeah. but us telling them how we did it. So if it's something they can control, they usually will, will try to do that. Yeah, like like that tech that said, oh, yeah, we can uh, – I said, well, how do I turn it off on all the domains? And he was really cool. He goes – well, we usually don't show the customers because it's done through PowerShell. And I was like, enough said. 
<laughs> I don't do PowerShell. I use you guys, and I got my tech, Rob. I, one thing I've committed is anything with the command line outside my scope. Yeah. I, I learned, Steve, back in uh, college when I took uh, BASIC that I could not figure out how to do anything in a, in a line of t anything. If I have to type, nothing. I don't like it. I mean, not typing. What I mean is like coding right. and... and right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't want to be dangerous. I, I don't... <laughs> no. I want to focus on what I'm good at and let those exactly. guys be the... Yeah, and I know that excites some people. Like, I think it excites Rob when he gets to do PowerShell. And I'm like, have at it. Shell away. Because <laughs> he's actually... This PowerShell is kind of cool. I, it actually saved us in a, a pretty big job. I don't know if you remember a few months ago we had that migration for that company, and they, um, they messed up a domain, and we had to do 65 exchange mailboxes in uh, on a Saturday. <laughs> wow. It was pretty quick. It was like one of those accidental domain, oop, we forgot about that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there was just some, you know, it got figured out, though, but it was pretty serious. And then Rob came in there and PowerShelled it up and done. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know. So that's the value of having you guys and uh, maybe your own exchange person. Well, and, and we got to give Microsoft some credit there because what they've done with PowerShell is very impressive. And and we have guys that, that they're almost competitive about figuring out all the things they can do with PowerShell. And the support loves them because, you know, it makes everything, some of the things they do, like, oh, man, you guys got a script for that? You got a PowerShell command for that? Like, that's great. Okay, we'll get that done in a matter of, you know, a few minutes. And so it definitely is a lifesaver. <laughs> that reminds me of the old days when I worked at Honeywell and I had the Unix team. I don't know what they're doing, but it excited me that they got excited. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're doing, though. All right, so let's see. Was there any other products that we didn't cover that the techs would generally, you know, want to sell or support that are listening? Most of my, most of my listeners are techs. Sure. The one thing I think that we have expanded to that's a little bit new and different for us is web protection because a lot of the threats that are out there on the internet that we used to look at as malicious content coming in through spam, well those same those same people trying to deliver that malicious payload are now doing it on the internet. So how do you make sure you're safe when you're on the internet? Well, we know where all of the malicious content is. We've got eight million rules. We we you know we know from all those years of spam filtering, you know what's going on. So we have a web protection product now that can protect your network or your PC, and that way you don't. It, it doesn't have to be like a Big Brother type solution where it's changing your web surfing behavior. That's really what, not what we intended. All we intended is that if you click on that link, you'll know that there's something protecting you to make sure that that wasn't unsafe, that that wasn't infected unknowingly. Because even good websites can get infected, especially large ones like, you know, say, you know, news or media sites. They, the page can be infected in 15 minutes. Those admins are there cleaning that up and it's good to oh, go God. again. So, I've seen that. So for us, we just want to say, hey, we've done all these years such a great job keeping the junk out of your inbox. How about we give you the peace of mind to know that no matter what's going on in your network, you're now protected on the outbound side. So that is something that's new. We've been working on for a long time and are putting a lot of energy into and trying to get that message out there too 
because people are asking for it and people have a desperate need for it. Oh yeah, you know what else there's a desperate need for? Which that's my next topic. It's just dawned on me. So I have a client I'm working with right now that uh, they're with another big name provider. That's all I'll say. And they get kept getting on blacklists. Now, mm -hmm. so they switched. Get this, a hundred meg hosted exchange on this other company, and they were on blacklist. So they switched over to the other big company. I don't want to say their name, which was a downgrade in my opinion. And uh, so they have a problem with synchronizing uh, 80 gigs of video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I said, wow. you think? Wow. So, so they parted out 50-some uh, of the gigs. So I was left fixing 20 of the gigs, which was fine. And that's, you know, a good job for me. But as soon as I got to the owner's computer, I was like, why did you go down, down, and down? I go, you need to be going up. <laughs> Let's get you on exchange. So I immediately sold that, but he told me that the reason why they switched because they were on a blacklist. Now, I, I've been trying to think about adding this also. Do you guys offer blacklist and, and spam list uh, products? If you're talking about um, how to get off them, how to get off them, um, it's not something that is a product or something that's deliverable on our end, but that doesn't mean there aren't people that you can talk to at AppRiver about it because we deal with the same thing. We're a big provider and have lots of IP addresses, so it's a constant thing that we have to deal with. Yeah. And most of the time, it really has to do with those blacklist um, services that are out there that people are subscribing to. So whereas we're selling spam filtering that's using actual content filtering logic. And okay. other companies might say, well, we're just going to subscribe to this blacklist, and that's that's our one level of protection is we're just going to make sure that, that that people are emailing us that are not on a blacklist. So those companies, I, you know, I, it's a little bit out of my area of expertise, but I can definitely point you to the right people to talk to, and then you can decide you know, if that's something you can become an expert on, but unfortunately oh, not Steve, a service. Oh, you're have too to late. You're too late. You're I, already on that path, huh? Oh, my God. I already bought blacklistexpert.com, and I bought <laughs> spamlistexpert.com to be prepared for when I become a blacklist and spamlist <laughs> expert. And I think that was genius for me to buy because with all the SEO I do with email and Google, uh, not Google, um, Outlook and everything, it's going to be just like a little family unit. And then we start adding the words compliance in there, and I'm going to be loving it. But the point is, is that... Um, I got spam listed by another big company I'm not going to mention uh, when I sent out some newsletters. And it took me two weeks to get off that spam list. That was me diligently going to all of these spam list lists and, and saying I'm okay. Right. So it's actually – I think what I would have to do, Steve, is have um, – you have to pay me to get you off the list. So instead of you doing it and you know you spending your time, you pay me and I go click the buttons. And if you if you get to where you can do that, I think people will be lining up to get your help. I can assure you. And that's you. what I need to get an automated process to do that because honestly, there was about 12 sites I had to go to. It took me a few hours to figure it all out, but once I got off it, the biggest challenge was telling that company that my stuff's legit and stop doing this to me. And um, get this, after that first email I sent out, I got on it, 
Um, three months later, I got on it again, and I wrote back a really mean email and said, you know what you did again. You better <laughs> take me off this stupid list. And it was like immediate. I think the person that got it remembered me because I was pretty pretty angry. I said, you're, you're spam listing me from people that I helped you get on your service. Are you kidding me? Oh, I was so mad. Oh, I was so mad because every time I email a client, um, I'd get a bounce. You cannot email this client. I was like, oh, then I have to call them. And, you know, that takes time. But sure. well, anyway, I'm going to work on that in this 2016 as that's a service. And that uh, that's, it's kind of excites me. But I put it off my list for a while because I was too busy doing other stuff. But all right. So now let's see what else we got on our list here, Steve. Um, I know that we already kind of talked about the difference uh, between uh, paying a little bit more for your services. I can't even tell you. Um, Rob, in my last show, talked about you guys for quite a bit, and he was just like, for the basic mailbox, it's a buck more. So here's what I tell people if they're like, well, why don't I just go to Microsoft directly? I say, for $12, please. <laughs> you do not want to even think about it. And I've had nobody say, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Microsoft, because I actually say, well, if you go to Microsoft on your own, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> it's kind of well, mean. And and that's where it, it translates into intangible things. We we save people in intangible elements like time. Like how much is your time worth? Is your time worth twelve dollars an hour? So yeah. if one hour, if we can save you one hour, which oh, usually no. we we save more than that just in the onboarding alone, because you are able to to do that so efficiently with us because we have you know these built-in processes and we yeah. make things go quickly and smoothly and you have people that you can work with that it, it expedites that you're you're already way ahead actually mm -hmm. you know so it's all about perspective and really painting that picture so that's what we try and do is is make sure people see build that intangible value and of course, you have all the stories to back that up, and we do too. But people really have to believe that, you know, on their own. They they have to come yeah. to that to that realization. It's not to say Microsoft isn't good at support. It, it's that their business model has always been, you know, until now, really to kind of stay separated from that. Our business model has been the opposite. We want to go get those customers that need us. And same yeah. with you. You're you're advertising. I can solve your problems, and these customers are coming to you because they have a problem to be solved. They don't want to, have to solve it themselves, go yeah. through documentation or instructions. They want experts, and that's really what what we are, and and, and what you are. Well, because a lot of them have already been down the path of I just googled this for ten hours myself. Another person tried to help me. They couldn't figure it out. So they're at that point of surrender, and they do want to pay more. And I have no problem selling it. Not at all. It doesn't even, it's not even, actually, I don't even sometimes even say it costs more. I just say, here's what they charge. And they're like, okay. You know, I don't give them an option of comparing. Because why would you, you know? I don't. Right. Pe people don't want to make the decision either. No. They just want to say, okay, you solved that problem, and, exactly. and I, I'll, I'll trust you. <laughs> That's right. So like, a few more things here, Stephen. I think we can wrap up. Uh, so the next thing is uh, just a little talk about billing. Like if you are a reseller, do you guys send a monthly bill? Do you give a report? I mean, I don't even know because I don't deal with that. Sure. Uh, partners or resellers who are handling the billing do have 
either monthly recurring options or annual options. And again, it's really dependent on you know what they want because they may they may have some customers they want on annual and some they want on monthly. So they you know, we we have a couple options there. They can automate it to to a credit card. We so we give them a system. We give them a, an online billing portal where they can go in, review their invoices and payments and see everything that, that that's happening all in one place. So for them, a reseller has all of their accounts in that one billing portal mm -hmm. and they can individually choose whether one one account is monthly or one is, is annual. Uh, customers also have that same experience there. After you've onboarded them, we send them that portal. They usually put a card in, they'll pay monthly, or if they uh, want yearly, then we'll go ahead and generate that yearly invoice. That's done. They don't have to worry about that again for a year. If there are changes um, throughout, there are supplemental charges that will happen, but if you cancel with AppRiver, whether it's uh, monthly or annual, we refund back the unused portion if you prepaid, or if you are at the end of your month, then you're done. We, we look at that as a way of earning people's business every day. Um, so oh, we yeah. really, the billing options are just a matter of, hey, what works best for you and your customers? If your customers pay you a year, a lot of times the reseller wants to just pay us a year, and that's done. That transaction's done um, unless something changes. And others oh. are just, hey, I want it to be every month. That way I can add and remove customers, and, and it's always every month. Yeah, and you know what? The Just the thought, Steve, of me getting a monthly invoice from you guys for 115 people <laughs> literally gives me the heebie-jeebies because I hate nothing more. I mean, yeah, it'd be great to go send out a bill for those 115 people. Or pay them up for a year, but I, that to me is just my business model. I hate that stuff. That's why Partner Plan works for me. If you're busy doing break fix right. work like I am all day, get out of it. Let them do it. Set yourself up with some prepaid tickets, upsell some products. That's why I love it. It's almost like two different business models: the reseller and the partner. I I can I can train the partners all day how to make more money. Resellers, I don't, I don't even want to deal with an invoice, and the thought of it drives me insane. And that's oh. why, that's why when a partner comes to me and they ask me about my programs, there's not a good one and an evil one. You know, there's not a better one. It depends on w whether they have that same. And we have a lot. We have, we have a lot of very successful consultants or agents or partners, whatever you want to call yourself, that. That's what they do because you carve that out. You know exactly how to handle that, what to expect, easier yeah. to, to gauge your margins. You, you have an easier time of telling. It becomes a lot more intangible. Those MSPs really are doing, like I said, they're really making their, their more of their margin off of those yeah. other things that they're selling. And, and our services tend to be a value add or get them in the door and then they wrap you know, as much of that managed contract they can around the customer. Yeah, but the partners, I, I'm not afraid to talk about it. I make commission. And and you know what, Steve? It's funny. The first commission checks were very small, but now the commission checks are not so small <laughs> because you keep adding on mailboxes. That keeps on generating. I mean, sure, you only make 49 cents sometimes on one because that's one person for that quarter, but I'm like, wait till they start adding up. Sure. We nice. we we made a and I know they are and I and I know that's your hard work paid off and we had those you know little things we had to iron out in our 
partnership and relationship. And once we got past that, now looking back, it's it, you know we can laugh because look at the rewards that were waiting for us for putting in that hard work and working together. And I'll say this: we made a commitment going back about three or four years ago to diligent, faithful commissions because commissions are hard. And oh, yeah. but it's an investment into our partner community. It's that little reminder every month or every quarter, or whenever you get those checks, that oh yeah, App River likes me, and this is why I'm going to keep working hard because it's helping me build my business and helping me to feel, you know, like I'm valued. And and so the overhead that you might have as a reseller sometimes, you know, it's, it might not be worth it because you're, if you spend all that time on billing. And uh -huh. you really don't want to, or don't have a department, or aren't big enough to be able to absorb that, then it eats right into any of that that profit that you might have had. So, oh, I know. You know. That's why I think of those invoices and me just going, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know. I, I honestly, every time someone sends me a list, I have to audit now. I just say, let's not do it anymore, because <laughs> I don't like it. I'd rather be doing other stuff that I like doing. I like doing other things. So to me. Uh, like I said, it took a few years, but the commission checks are getting substantial because I keep building. And so right. when people in the beginning, you're like, oh man, it was only like 25 bucks. Well, you only sold two mailboxes, maybe. You know, I mean, you got to get out there and sell hundies. You know, that's what's, I'm a salesperson on the first level. You right. know, so it it does take time. But in the beginning, I don't think I even really cared about that, Steve. I was just more about I liked the the, the the program I ran before was breaking. I wasn't happy, mostly because people are email hoarders. They need 50 gigs. By the way, is it still 50 or is there 100 yet on that mailbox it, limit? The Microsoft is 50 gigs on the Plan One. Now, if you go to the Plan Two, so they have two. They have two levels. They okay. have the Plan One, and it's 4.95, and then the Plan Two is 8.95. So if you have a customer that needs more than 50 gigs, they can just seamlessly, no migration required, just switch the license type they have and jump to the oh. 8.95, and then they have uh, basically a unlimited personal archive. Oh my God! So we're gonna call that one the Happy Hoarders program. <laughs> there you go. Because Give it a nice I have name. those people I just helped today. I'm in that one with the 80 gigs. That one's a Happy Hoarder company. But oh, yeah. they have to be, and I, and I and I joke with all my clients when I say hoarder because we all are in a way. I mean, you got to keep records, right? Mm -hmm. So, but <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's kind of it. I, I we knocked out a lot in this uh, podcast today, there, Steve. Well, I again, I, I'm thrilled and, and happy to be here, and and it's just fun to kind of go back and tell our story and be a part of that success, you know, because it was you and me from the get-go, and I know every time other sales advisors tried to get involved, you'd be like, where's Steve? When's oh. he going to be back from being out for a day or a week? Well, unfortunately, one guy kind of got it bad because he didn't know what he was doing with me. He sent this email, and I was like, what happened to Steve? <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were fired or gone or quit, and that bothers me when there's no relationship handoff. And and Steve, in defense, he wrote back and said, "Lisa, I'm still here. I I didn't do the the um the introduction properly. That so and so was gonna start helping me, and I was like, all right, let's see if he cuts the cuts it with me because I'm kind of brutal." And. <laughs> Yeah, and and by the way, this is Brian. <laughs> but 
but you know, I, I, uh, we have, we have named accounts, and we have relationships, and we're very relationship oriented. Yeah. So anything you need from me, I still do. I should have warned you because anything that is more proactive, that kind of falls on like a follow up or list, it actually gets sent to him now. So well, sort of like, he, yeah, sort of like he was my help. But you're right. It, I should have, I should have done better. And I, and I'm, I'm one of those people that always admits that because if we're not pushing ourselves every day. Oh, I know what happened. You got him all excited that he was your new guy, and then he went out and emailed all your people, and you were like, whoa, didn't mean to start a panic. Yeah, off limits. But you know what, though? I did. See, the thing is with me is that I like relationships, so once I found out he was like your helper, then I started use, utilizing him for things, that, and I kept you out of it. You notice that the shift did take some time. It then, did. The other thing I liked was that, um, now just to let people know that before, Steve had to do all the sales. And that was kind of like rough on Steve because my stuff was always weird. But then they approved it so I could have my own portal. And after that, that really helped a lot, I think, streamline a lot of my stuff. Because I'm like, you know, got to get the sale in now. It's an emergency one. And that really helped even though I was kind of like against it. Um, and now I love it. Sure, and it goes back to that growth, you know, as we've yeah. grown, we've, you know, processes evolve and change and people, we layer more people in together and, and try not to be too single-threaded mm -hmm. in those areas. And uh, But the relationships are there, they're important, but they even kind of grow and evolve uh, as well. Yeah. Well, I'm getting used to folks, and I also email the sales department now more too, so I've kind of got you out of my daily grind. So just to let, you know, the listeners know that... Uh, you know, Steve and I used to spend a lot more time together than we do now. <laughs> sure, and that's like a graduation. You know, that happens too. And, and talking to a team of people, you get much better response times. It's easy. I like to call my favorite people over and support, but you know, you gotta you gotta take advantage of everybody and be willing to talk to those new people. And it's only in your best interest to to always expand that relationship. Oh, I love putting new people through me. Because then, then they learn, <laughs> they learn how I like it. <laughs> you call back and say you survived. You're gonna do fine. <laughs> no, I know. I've, I've actually had a couple people that I was like, mm, I don't know if they know. <laughs> I, be, I better just slow down a little. <laughs> yeah. Because I know that the people that know me get it, but uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of like I'm a customer service driven person. I expect, you know, great results, and, and if I have to work with someone to, to help them, I do. Uh, I'm not perfect, but, you know, it's just like I'm, I feel like the commitment to my clients is where I get so hung up on it. Sure. Like my clients are like my life because I swear that, you know, I, I offer excellence. And so anyway, but for the most part, I have zero complaints about the anything, so I'm happy as a claim. Well, if we open mm -hmm. an App River uh, Partner Hall of Fame, I'll nominate you. Oh, thanks. Well, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let's just start doing it. Our favorite clients at App River. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, I think if you got anything last off you want to say, go ahead. To give your info, give your pitch. No, this is great. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that I'm sure that uh, if anybody's looking to find me, you can point them in the right direction. I'm Steve with App River, and be happy to to help anybody that that has questions or or wants to. Uh, explore what a partnership with AppRiver could be like for them. Yeah, and you might uh, pass them off to another salesperson if you're too busy, so just be aware of that not everybody will maybe get to work with you directly. 
Well, right, because you guys got reps around the true. world, right? That's or, actually true. Yeah, go go to our site. There's a partner button. You can submit it, and the right person's going to get back to you as soon as possible and talk to you. So, but but if you you know if you want to talk to me, I'm always open to that. And uh, oh, yeah. but but yeah, you're going to get that same treatment. You know, we 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 pride ourselves on that and and treating everybody the, the same, yeah. and and that helps with that phenomenal customer care. I like everybody from my show to at least go through Steve so they know from the for the marketing perspective because that's really important to me. Like with Steve, I'll, I'll chat with him and he'll be like, yeah, we got some more calls in and I get the little updates. It really makes me, you know, feel like sometimes the feedback on the shows is excellent. Uh, I don't get, you know, a ton of emails, so that's, that's yeah, awesome. That's, yeah, that that's true. Um, so if you want to give out, you know, my, my contact information or put that in, yeah, feel free to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, it's s harris at appriver.com. It's also on the both the callthatgirl.biz slash office365 and the callthatgirl.podbean.com link. Just click on it and you'll get there. A lot of people are on their phones, Steve, mm -hmm. so they have to go and click stuff, and that's why I don't think I got a lot of email because it's a podcast. They're not on a sure you know, they're, they're on their phone doing something, working out or whatever. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not worried about it. Gotcha. Well, Steve, thank you for being here. That was a great show. Uh, that was really good. That was a lot of fun too. So well, you're welcome. I I did enjoy it, and uh, we're here to to continue this relationship. Yeah. So good luck, and I'll I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. Right. Thanks, Steve. See you guys right. later. And I'm gonna Bye. close up the show here, folks. This was a Heyman Hendrickson production. Uh, hold on, let me get my notes here. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, App River, and Podbean for hosting. If you have a story you'd like to share or want to be a guest on the show, contact me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. That's it, folks. See you next time.